Good afternoon. Good evening. At whatever time this podcast is entering your ear holes, thank you for dropping in. In this episode of The Line to Mastery, I have on my good friend Braxton Manley. Braxton and I first met in Austin, Texas, right before we both left for Costa Rica during the Fit for Service Summit. Braxton is an entrepreneur, a creative, and an artist of many mediums. He started the Apple Watch band company Braxley Bands four years ago after he noticed that the bands that he was wearing were not that comfortable. He ends up sharing more of the story within this podcast and as he saw a need in the marketplace for something more comfortable, he went out there and he created something that could actually be comfortable and serve people and be stylish and practical and functional. So we discuss his entrepreneurial journey, the warrior spirit in business, balance with life and business as an entrepreneur, doing the work and being able to connect with masculine and feminine energies. So I really enjoyed dropping into this podcast with Braxton, and I know you will enjoy listening to it. This podcast is brought to you by my new signature program, Athletic Performance Accelerator. Athletic Performance Accelerator is my elite 90-day mindset transformation program for athletes. It launches on July 12th. We currently have a few more spots left, and it is for those athletes ready to embody a fearless mindset, be able to control their nervous system under high-stress performances and situations. I bring everything that I have learned through the sport of highlining, being an athlete, and learning how to balance life as a podcast host and an entrepreneur into 90 days worth of transformation. This program is what I wish I had a few years ago. And now it's packaged in a way that if I had this a few years ago, I would be on an accelerated path in a much different place than I am today. So this is the cultivation of my life's work, and I'm going to be offering this in the world for years to come. Would love to have some athletes from the audience come and beta test this program and run through it with me. So if you are interested in joining before we launch on July 12th or know of any athletes that could use this transformation and would be a great fit for the Athletic Performance Accelerator, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'm looking to fill up all these spots before we launch. And this is my baby. It's, it's something I'm birthing into creation and will continue to do so for many years to come. Without further ado, here is the episode with Braxton Manley. Welcome to the podcast, Braxton. Thank you, Cam. Glad to be on here. Yeah, dude. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, I'm also glad to be here because I'm at your place. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. And you're welcome for <laughs> having you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. So we met, man, not that long ago, really. I think it was... I think it was in April, like right before going to Costa Rica, yeah, right? it was like literally right before we were 
we were doing handstands at the park. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing about that is, um, I wouldn't have met you that day if I had not missed my initial flight to Costa Rica. Oh, shit, that's right. Yeah. I remember that. It's because I missed my flight that we met prior to Costa Rica. And Heck I'm yeah. so glad it worked out that way, man. Yeah. Wow. It all happens for a reason. It all does. Yeah. Um, so I know my audience probably isn't going to know much about you yet. So if you're open to it, I would love to hear your story. Yeah, so, well, part of the story, you know, uh, but my name is Braxton Manley. I am born and raised here in Austin, so pretty much been here my whole life, and really, I've seen this city transform, but the entire time, I've always just been in love with it, and I, well, I guess, I don't even know what led me on the path to, like, where I really am now and like how I got to know you and fit for service and just this, you know, spirituality practice and sort of like conscious microcosm and awesome. That's just so freaking cool. Uh, if I could really trace it back, I think it would have to be, uh, going to Barton Springs in high school. Cause I had a teacher who always like, would like t- take us there and seeing how some of these people were, at Barton Springs and enjoying it and like some of the stuff that they were doing, like there'd be people doing like Tai Chi or yoga or like this was, you know, back when these things weren't nearly as common as they are now and being drawn to them, even though I was like, I did not grow up in a way that was like, you know, uh, uh, there was no like mindfulness practices really or like any type of organized spirituality that I grew up in, but seeing just how some of these people live their lives in like in this state of Zen, I was always really drawn to that. And then I remember looking up, uh, like wanting to learn more about Buddhism and like learning that Steve Jobs like was like living in uh, Tibet as a monk for a year, and like I wanted to be an entrepreneur and like like Steve Jobs and like you know somebody who invented things. And I remembered hearing that he did that. And I was like, I should do that. I should like, what does it mean to like be a monk or like what is the idea of Buddhism and, and learning a lot about that. Uh, just kept, I just kept kind of going forward and I'm not, uh, necessarily a practicing Buddhist, but it's like all these sort of ideas of, you know, desire, desire, suffering and like stillness is the key and every moment is complete in and of itself is, is like just universal truths that are, you know, sort of carried across all, all forms of life and spirituality so damn so then i went through a well i went i went to college and then somehow got super tapped into the on it media ecosystem and like i don't remember if it was just like a random podcast i listened to or something but i was like i was resonating so hard with all the stuff that aubrey and kyle they were putting out and then like just aaron alexander and some of these guys who are uh, super fit and then yet also like experiment with things that I thought were just like hard drugs. But turns out, you know, we're kind of taught a lot of misinformation about psychedelics and plant medicines. So that really opened my mind up to not just uh, like ancestral living, but then the idea of like, oh, maybe like drinking alcohol 
three nights a week, like what we're doing in college or more than three nights a week is like, like destroying the idea of like what college should be about where it's like the idea of like expansion of ideas and like connection and all these things. And so my second to last year, my junior year of college, I started working on a project called Braxley bands, which is what I've been sort of putting my heart and soul into for the last four years. And uh, the idea was it was a really comfortable Apple Watch band because I just got an Apple Watch for my birthday and the band on it drove me nuts. So I started cutting up socks and stitching it onto my Apple Watch because I thought that was more comfortable. Uh, and it was. And nobody was making anything like it. So I was like, this is a huge opportunity. Like this, I see, saw it as a blank canvas. And I've always like been super into fashion and art and just like making things with my hands. And so I was like, this is it. I just figured it out. This is nobody's doing anything like this. Apple watch bands. And we're still going full speed at Apple watch bands. Nothing else. yet. Uh, and so with that and with diving into entrepreneurship, especially at a young age, I got really tapped into all these people that are on, you know, personal growth and how to like lifestyle hacks and how to do certain things to the best of your ability. And like it, with that just comes so much uh, like seeking growth. And then, you know, that just, plays into all the stuff that, you know, then turns into like consciousness and plant medicine ceremonies and all the good stuff like that. And so moved back to Austin, joined fit for service. Well, I joined the Ana gym first and then had a really good conversation with somebody in the sauna at on it. It was a uh, Ian uh, Aubrey's assistant. Mm -hmm. And cool. he was like, you got to join fit for service. And I'm like, isn't it too late? He goes, I'll get you in. I'm like, Fuck yeah. All right, I'm down. Say less. And that was in February, right? You know, a month after it technically had started this year. Um, it's the best thing I ever did because now, like, my entire life and, like, the people I surround myself with are exactly who I was searching for. And I just feel so grateful to be here right now because it has not been that long since I was sort of, like feeling really not necessarily trapped, but just like disappointed in like the quality of people that I was, uh, meeting. And, and, you know, everybody is, everybody is just living a different type of life. That's maybe meant for them, but I just feel like I wasn't resonating with my people is what, is what I mean. And so, uh, stepping into fit for service and then just like the Austin community in fit for service has been really cool. And there's just so much to do all the time now, you know, and it's like, uh, it's really exciting and constantly growing and the relationships are expanding and, you know, more people are entering into the circle, which is really cool. Yeah. It's just growing so rapidly. Yeah. Man, I feel like I can look at my life now and almost see there was a before fit for service cam and then an after fit for service cam. And those are two different types of cam. And because of this container, this community, all of the people that I'm meeting, how it's rippling out. And like, I joined in January, so it's been six months now and my whole life has completely changed. And okay. it's, it's just the beginning because even beyond being in fit for service for however long you choose to be in it, like we're in this community for life. Um, and what's really special feeling for me around this whole container is 
how it feels like we're all coming together because there's really deep work on this planet. Um, there's a lot of pain and a lot of people going through some shit and we get to be on the forefront, especially being so young, um, of all these tools and these methods for healing yourself and becoming a better human being and, and moving through your own trauma. And just like the conversations that we're able to, we're able to have as a community and as a collective is, is shifting beyond what I was able to tap into with other communities and people that were in my life. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. It's uh, somebody described it last night as the mycelium network. And it's so true. Like all the people that gathered at the ecstatic dance last night. Yeah. Like they're coming from all over the place. And I even knew several people there last night. They're almost like in a different community, but still in Austin. And then like everybody just kind of came together for this thing. It's truly like watching mycelium, which is a really cool metaphor for it. Yeah. I feel like that's a perfect metaphor for it. Yeah. And, and that's kind of how I felt last night as well. So this was a ecstatic dance that Aubrey Marcus ended up leading and uh, Madeline put together and she helps put together fit for service. So she organized it. And what was really cool is it felt like there were so many different communities of people within Austin. And I've also tapped into that aren't just fit for service. And then it's like worlds colliding within this ecstatic dance and moving on the dance floor, um, liberating your energy. Like all of us doing that together. Yeah. It was, it was powerful. Yeah. It was super powerful. Um, and I, I don't know. I forget how good dance is sometimes when I haven't been dancing, but dude, I thrive in music festivals. I don't know about you, but yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. I love flowing by myself. Um, meeting back up with the group, but just like, dancing through the crowd, dancing to one stage after being at a really vibey stage. Yeah. And it's just like, I hit such a beautiful flow state when I'm at music festivals. Same music festivals are, well, it's been a minute, but they are like I, ACL Austin city limits is like my favorite weekend of the year and it's happening this year. So can't wait. But yeah, I agree. It does something amazing to my spirit yeah yeah i was just reading um in the book recapture the rapture by jamie yeah Wheel. i'm reading it right now dude. Um, yeah. it's so good um yeah. how like music is this universal binding force that somehow is able to connect all of us together like as we started to articulate ourselves with language um, like music was, was right there. If not potentially before we were able to articulate ourselves with language and it's like this vibratory force that moves all of us and it can put you in a trance state. Um, mm. and to like kind of go back and think about these tribal societies that would just like dance and make music to connect deeper with the gods and, and dive into these trance states, like these alpha, brainwave states it, it just makes so much sense that music has this ability to move us yeah yeah it's it's amazing to think about you know the tribes that were doing that back before civilization and 
I do long for that a little bit, you know, but we got a good sense of that last night. And, you know, I think ultimately I'm glad to be living in the era we're living in. But yeah, you know, I think the key is to live a little bit more like our ancestors and, and instead like speaks like so many different ways to do that, but definitely entering into these flow states, like in a community tribal sense, like dancing and like, really like listening to music like in the dark, like get rid of certain senses to where you're just able to like live in this world of sound and flow. And, um, it's powerful shit. Yeah, it is powerful shit. And I feel like what's really important is understanding that like the human system is an animal first. Right. Mm-hmm. And the way it's activated is through, connecting with tribe and community as well as like grounding in the earth, getting clean water, like breathing well, uh, moving your body, eating whole foods. Like there's so many ways to take care of the animal. Um, yeah, we're also in the modern world with technology and the modern world and the technology isn't just going to disappear. Right. So we need to figure out a way to integrate the ancestral um, and animalistic parts of ourselves with the modern world. If we want to continue to thrive and be in resonance with the planet. That's it, dude. Be in resonance with the planet. I've definitely committed a lot of my life and energy to doing just that. And, uh, it's going to feel like a full-time job. It's like, you have to go, we have to try so hard and go out of our way and put so much conscious effort into being in resonance with the planet because everything is constructed to pull us out of resonance. We still can't quite figure out why it seems like the system is doing that, but it sure is. And so it's hard, man. I feel like I'm like, like I said, like I'm, I'm committing to so much, right? Like there's like, even just like the energetics of the food and the animal products I eat. Like it is so hard to find eggs that are, the chickens are eating their natural diet of like bugs and worms and not corn and soy. It's actually impossible. Like if you can, you can go to whole foods and not find a single option and that's, just one example of like, you know, how hard it is to find things that are in resonance with the earth. Like if we're eating, if we're eating, you know, food, but like, especially animal products, like think about the fact that like they, uh, had consciousness and are passing that, that information onto you when you eat it. And that becomes you. Um, so I, want to get to the place eventually where like the food I'm eating is like, you know, perfectly, uh, sourced or whatever. And then I'm able to do all the best, like biological hacks for my body. Like, you know, cold plunges, saunas, uh, I want to start doing steel mace flows and just like, all these things and, and, uh, throw some slack lining in there, some slack lining, of course. And then it's like, uh, you know, you, you just keep going on that sort of path to, okay, what can I incorporate now? 
And then that, like, okay, oh, like, learning a lot about uh, how important it is to, like, like, even just, like, water energetics and, like, the composition of water. Like, not all water is created equal. I thought you just drink whatever water, you're hydrated, you drink water. No, you need, you need all those minerals and all those electrolytes and, like, whatever it is in that water. And then you can even go as far as saying, okay, cool, so you got spring water, but you bottled it up and it sat flat in a bottle for a month or whatever, however long. If you're really trying to source your water correctly, you would do what's called, you would put that water in a vortex and, sh- and basically add energy back into that water uh, and then drink it that way as if you were basically drinking out of a spring where it was rushing, moving, all the molecules and stuff were being shaken up. And like, there is something intuitively about that that makes sense. Yeah. You, Even though you're saying that now, it's almost man. lies in the woo woo world of, you know, whatever, you know, you're shaking up water, but. It's like, it makes sense. Yeah. If you think about how, like, back in the day when we didn't have access to water in the grocery store, like, we would go in and drink probably, like, spring water and river water that has been flowing. And that's just, like, that's the natural way. Like, you're saying that. And I, like, I go and I buy spring water um, that has been chilling. And I definitely feel a lot better when I drink that as opposed to tap or even like filtered water. Mm-hmm. And it just makes sense that like the water would need to move for it to be at the highest caliber for yourself. Yeah. Um, something that like I'm starting to focus a lot more on is like my rest and my sleep and getting to a place where like I can wake up with the sun and fall asleep with the sun. And Mm -hmm. ideally, like, moving forward as I get older, I would love to just, like, have that opportunity to rise with the sun and set with the sun and and just have my days that way. And I know, like, my my body's going to function better. My brain's going to function better. I'm just going to feel more in tune and in resonance with the earth. And I feel like there's, there's ways for us to get back to those ancestral roots and still create and and take from the modern world and, and this technology. Like there there has to be a way to integrate both. Yeah. Dude, waking up with the sun, going to bed with the sun is so key. And basically like the last four years of my life I've been like kind of like with pride staying up as late as I can. Cause I always told myself, Oh, this is when I get creative. When the world is asleep, I get creative. It was kind of true, but then I'd be waking up at like some days noon and just feel like half the day is already gone and not really like, those are the days where I wasn't really like giving myself space to do like, it's like the day after, you know, you're almost sacrificing the next day, the next day. And Maybe there are certain cases where that is worth doing, but for the first time in my life, I've been waking up like between like six and eight consistently and it feels amazing. And I would even love to go further than that, you know, or or like just doing 6am every day, like truly, you know, like with the sunrise. Uh, so I'm getting there. But one of the ways I'm doing that, I'm, I'm organizing a group on Monday mornings at 6.30, the monkey tree outside of Barton Springs uh, men's club. And just kind of the idea is 
it's very casual. Like it's very like approachable. So like, cause I have a lot of friends that are like, uh, down to push themselves and like develop discipline and, you know, live in residence with nature. But like, I want it to be like, I don't want it to feel like it's uh, intimidating for anybody that isn't like deeply into spirituality and these things of like, you know, we're going to, who knows. Right. But um, anyway, so the idea is it's like just 20 minutes of freestyle exercise. So whatever anybody wants to do, just move your bodies for the first 20 minutes. Second part is jump in the Springs, swim, activate the nervous system and uh, kind of just hang out. That's the social part. And then it's like 20 minutes of breath work, meditation, kind of go around set an intention for the week and if, open it up. If anybody else wants anything that they, they need to share, you know, to a group of men, like that's what it's there for. And then by eight o'clock, everybody's starting their week the best way. Uh, so I'm really excited to keep building out that. And it's holding myself accountable. It's almost like people do things that they need in their own life. And then they just, you know, they, they do it, whether it's coaching or whatever it is, it's almost like I'm coaching these people, but it's also me coaching myself. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like the best way to learn something is to teach it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm like, so I've been working on this program called the athletic performance accelerator where I'm guiding professional athletes through a mindset transformation for 90 days. And a lot of it has to do with their nervous system and course correction and understanding the subconscious mind and routines and rituals. And there's a lot of highline metaphors within it. That's kind of how I structured it. It was like the beginning to the end of the highline process from like just putting your gear together so that you could even go out to a spot and then like starting to scout your anchors or seeing where you can put up the line and the process of putting up the line and then like trying to stand on the line, having to fall a bunch of times, learning to get yourself back up and still take steps until you're finally embodying the practice and you can walk the whole line and then bringing all your gear back home with you. Um, mm -hmm. And so many of the things that I'm going to be teaching, I'm also learning about in real time. And I figured like by sharing this and teaching this information and seeing the transformation, like I get to transform in the process and just understand how to perform at a high level even deeper than I would have if I was just trying to do it by myself. And the thing about leadership is like, we can only lead people as far as we've taken ourselves mm -hmm. as well as like, as far as we've seen a model for what it means to be a leader. Yeah. That's so true. And that's why I'm excited for what you have going on on Monday because it's, it's perfect, man. It's, keeping you accountable. It's teaching you how to be a better leader. It's also, um, bringing these tools yeah. deeper into your body. You know, you're embodying all these things. And the idea is it's just, it all, all I'm doing is extending an invitation to people I know and telling them to extend invitations. It's my ceiling network in action, but like somebody just needs to be there as the catalyst to be like, now this is starting, but I'm not like, this isn't my project or my, this isn't my, I'm not the leader of this. I've just been like, Hey, I have an idea. Like, let me just like share this idea. And then they're going to share the idea. And then that's how everything goes. We all just feed off each other's ideas and energies. And that's what's so 
fucking cool about life. But, um, yeah, I really like what you said about, you know, we can only be the leader that we, well, we can only lead people to the extent that we, you know, how far we have gone in our own selves or even just like how well we've seen another person lead. And like, I can remember certain moments just even in the last few months where I was like, I really like the way that person is leading this, like in just like small ways. Cause like a, a good leader isn't instantly recognizable as a leader. It's like, Oh wait, they just totally like shifted the way this was going. Whether it be just a social, let's say a party. Right. And you know, the leader can like basically make it go a certain way without anybody realizing that they did that. And that's cool is the leader doesn't care because they don't need credit. It's about, but the leader knows what they're doing and stepping up in that way with grace is really cool. And I, I it's one of those things like I, I, I can appreciate when I realized I'm, I did it and I'm like proud of myself for a sec. I'm like, but also it's like, I don't need anybody to even recognize, or I don't want anybody to recognize that I say just, uh, came up with an idea for something that now everybody is thriving on doing. It's like, it's part of the network, part of the, you know? Yeah. 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 It's just an individual enhancing the collective with no ego behind yeah. having the opportunity to do so because the idea has come to you, but it's just as likely to, as that it could have come to someone else. Right. Yeah. You just happen to be in this position where it's come to you and now you're going to create this thing. Um, and man, something that I just remembered was during Ian and Cecilia's wedding, the, the pre-ceremony before we dropped into their wedding ceremony, mm. how we all, um, were led by Chris. I can't remember his last name. Yeah. Um, but him moving us through all these embodiment practices and, and ways to drop in with each other. And like one example is when we were all walking around each other, kind of like in a circle, but not um, almost if you were to draw a line around us in a circle, Yeah, that was the formation that we were in. And then like everyone was just walking around making eye contact with each other, seeing each other as like oneness and, and, and love as opposed to like trying to identify different character characteristics and, and getting caught up on that. But that was just such a beautiful way to drop in and to be led before seeing the celebration of union. And, yeah. and yeah, that's, that's how I would like to lead eventually is, is being able to, create a container for others to drop in with each other based off of different embodiment practices. And if it wasn't for that opportunity, I wouldn't have had that model. Yeah, exactly. Heck yeah. That's so true. That was my first time really doing something like that as well. And super cool. Cause like I, I'm so aware of the fact that judgment is isolating. Like I've, I've written that down a lot in the, but I, I do have this thing I notice that comes up with myself where I, and like can be judgmental. And I think a lot of people are the way, like just silently, like little things, you know, like whether it's, it's stuff that doesn't even matter, but, but for whatever reason it pops up, like whether it's like, huh, like that, I don't even want to give a specific example, but you know, um, 
everybody knows what I mean, like by like judging like little things about people. And then if you can enter something like this, like you, you're, you're able to achieve a level of awareness where you're like not listening to whatever that low frequency voice is, you know, and that's that oneness feeling like, well, we're really all here. We're family. We're, you know, feeling like one. Yeah. And we're all just individual drops of the same ocean. Yeah. And it feels, it makes everything like life gets good after that. You feel happy. You feel really like that's like they say, you know, like the number one key to happiness or to, to a longer lifespan, all these things is community. And it's like, how much community do most people get? And I think like the amount of community that we've built with, you know, the container that we're in here and just like with everything we're doing, like Ian's and Celia's wedding, like how much that felt like we were really community, like all the, the love was shared, you know, like that is what gives us life and more of that, please. Yeah. 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 And more of those types of weddings, because yeah. like what we did was unlike any other wedding that I've been to. And I really feel like that was kind of on the forefront of like what's possible with weddings right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, what's the point of a wedding? Shouldn't it be exactly what that was, that, that experience compared to like so many people's weddings are like these like stressful, judgmental things, right? Where there's so much tension and so much like excess and it's just, it can be a really weird thing. Like people set really high expectations and it's, a, I think there's so much like toxicity about it and those people are just not in residence, right? It's like, what are you doing this for? This is supposed to be, if you like, just silly, like, um, seeing how people make decisions, thinking that it's going to bring them fulfillment or happiness. And I mean, like, didn't you see all along that this wasn't going to do that because of the values that you had behind this? Like if you go into it six months being like, this is going to be the best day of my life and it's going to be perfect and all of these things. And then it's all so many like ego things too, like, you know, going to flaunt how happy we are and how much wealth we have and how many friends we have and all these things that are like not real in the sense that they're not bringing you real fulfillment or like, that's not the point, you know, like, yeah, what's cool about Ian Cecilia's wedding was like, it was, it was, it was small and it was, humble it was like at sam's house but it was fucking more powerful than any wedding i've ever been to you know and like that's beautiful yeah yeah because we had the opportunity to do practices that allowed us to connect deeper with ourselves first and then connect deeper with each other and then connect with ian and cecilia who didn't end up doing any of these practices with us because they uh just wanted us to have the experience yeah that's so true i didn't even think about that um so it was just like deeper connection before like really honoring that they have a beautiful relationship, which is so much love and they want to do that for the rest of their lives together. Yeah. And yeah, it, it was really special. It, it was unlike anything I've ever experienced and I look forward to experiencing more weddings like that. Yeah. Because that set the tone for what? What's possible. Right. That's the idea of like leading, like seeing inspiration and then leading through that. Like, yeah, I, my way is going to have a lot of inspiration from that, you know, is the idea. So cool. Yeah. 
So, man, I would I would love to hear just like your entrepreneurial journey um, in more depth and mm -hmm. and where a lot of like your creativity lies within that. Yeah, I've been expanding on that a lot. Like the question of like, where does my creativity lie? Where does my creative inspiration lie? And it's developed a lot. So like at first the idea was let's make something practical and stylish. So like I had a design teacher tell me once, good design starts with function and then aesthetics follow. And I think that's really key. Practicality, utility, function has to come first. Solve the problem. Then make it look good. And if you can do both, you're a good designer. I love that. And so I really carry that with me um, in everything that I design and create. But um, yeah, so the Apple watch band, the Braxley band. So like we were making them by hand. We, we basically scaled it up from like no money. I mean, it was kind of awesome. We like bought like $20 worth of materials on eBay, stitched them by hand, sold them to friends on Venmo for 20 bucks. Everybody loved them as so we like kept making them and just kind of but then opened up a website for like, we we're doing the cheapest Wix store, which is like, you know, eight bucks a month. And we were just like, we're, we're like, is this real? Like, we don't like, we don't really know if this is like something we want to like, you know, go all in on yet or like put a bunch of, of our savings into, but it was like, this is kind of fun. And also like, it seems like people really like this. So we just kept more and more being like, let's go harder. Let's keep going on this. This is fun. And it was, so it was me and my, uh, best friend from college, Grant. Uh, so we got started back in 2017. So kept having fun with it, kept kind of building it out, built the website, put, and then, but we scaled it from this really organic place of like, you know, we didn't take any investment or go into debt or anything to start out. We were just like playing it safe and then just kind of kept being like, well, we got house money. So let's just kind of keep building it up. And, you know, what's the worst that can happen at this point? And that's kind of still how we're taking it is like trying different things. You know, we, uh, we're trying experiments and, you know, we're seeing failures there, but at the end of the day, they're not really failures. Cause you know, if you think about it as, you know, in terms of the scientific method, a result of an experiment is not a failure. You just have a conclusion and you're like, okay, cool. So now we know what is real, what works, what is the truth. So trying that in business is key is like not seeing certain things that you try out as success or failure, but just looking at it completely unemotionally as science. Uh, you know, science of like economics and like cash flows and just, you know, even just like the way we are structuring ourselves internally now, because there's so many people involved. Like my job has changed a lot over the years where now like I'm acting more and more as a CEO, meaning like I have to connect everybody to the vision and inspire them and then making sure that the communication between all of us, the mycelium network is flawless and we are all in resonance and doing that virtually can be really tough. So there's so many challenges with that. Uh, Cause when we first started out, we were in person and there's just two of us. It was easy to be in resonance. And now so many people involved, we've got the PR agency, the ad agency, email, SMS, website, customer service, CFO, my brother, uh, Zach, and uh, he just joined the company beginning of the year. And that's been awesome because I was able to like outsource a lot of parts of the job that I, that drained my energy and that he thrives on. 
all the financial things and the numbers and the analytical. He loves that. So it's perfect. We have like an amazing brotherly, uh, we complement each other's like mindsets in that way, which is really cool. Cause I can, it allows me to be much more when I'm not having to act as CEO. I like to act as creative director of sorts and like treat it like an art project. So I have, I have a primary and a secondary role, but both are like kind of equally important. And, um, that's what I, I love to do the most actually is like the creative side of things. And just even just like the silly things like coming up with the Instagram captions. Cause we use a lot of humor in our brand, a lot of like kind of weird sort of, um, dry humor, like just kind of weird. Like we did a flash sale yesterday and we were like, this is our last flash sale. Uh, we're going to, I think we said something like, we're going to stop flashing everybody for a while. So make sure <laughs> we're going out the bang, but like, you know, just, just silly things that I just kind of make me giggle to myself. <laughs> like it's so fun. So, uh, what I'm trying to do is, is, you know, live more and more, uh, like I want to live and stop doing all the time. I feel I fall into this trap often. I mean, I've fell into it this last week where I never can let myself have space to just be or to just play guitar because I think if I give myself an hour to play guitar that's not an hour I'm working on my business that could lead to failure with the business what if everything collapses because I spent too much time at the park you know it's like no 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 I don't need to be in front of the damn computer all the time like going to the park will allow me to show up in front of the computer in a more powerful way and it's hard to remind myself of that because we can fall into these like almost like hypnotic states or, or whatever it is. It's it, a lot of, it's just like what the American culture is, is pushed on us about like um, this idea of like, we constantly have to be doing and we constantly have to be building and there's never satisfied and like always on the grind, always, always on, the on the grind, dude. And like, especially in the entrepreneur's space, yes. you know, like you see a lot of um, these like, entrepreneur Instagrams and it's always talking about how fucking hard you work and how hard you hustle and like sleeping when you're dead. <laughs> and like the real thing is actually like entrepreneurship and your business is an extension of yourself. So yeah. it's only going to be doing as well as you're doing. So if you're taking really shit care of yourself, like maybe your business is doing all right right now, but like long term, when you start to crash and burn, like your business is probably going to follow. Yeah. And it's like, I, I understand what those accounts and what, what that type of culture is saying. And really it's the warrior spirit is what they're trying to channel, right? Stuff like hustle, grind, sleep when I'm dead, like all burn the ships. We're going all in. Like, it's like we're going to war and like, there is an element of like warrior spirit you need to have in this. Like I will die with this, you know, is the, uh, is the mentality. But at the same time, I'm not going to sacrifice my health because then I will be weaker and I won't be able to achieve what I want in business. So it's about like saying, okay, no, I'm going to spend this time to go lay in the sun and do nothing because it'll allow me to be healthier so I can show up and achieve more. And that's when you can really unlock success because not only are you enjoying your life more, you're able to do more, win-win, that's secret. Uh, but it's all about balance because you can't spend the whole day hanging out in the sun or whatever it is. Right. So, um, I'm constantly recognizing how I can bring more balance into my life. And that's a major symbol for me is, you know, the yin yang and the idea of, of balance.
Yeah, the masculine and feminine. Yes. Do you feel um, that the course material and what we're focusing on each trimester in fit for service right now. So first trimester being the divine feminine, second trimester being the divine masculine, that there's things correlating within your life during the times of those trimesters that have allowed you to learn the lessons of like feminine and learn the lessons of masculine and start to like blend them together. Cause I've noticed that for myself. Definitely like so. I had to like really surrender and just be open to receive because at the time I wasn't able to like afford fit for service. So I've had to like crowdfund and get resourceful to make it happen. And then with like this masculine trimester that we're in, like this is the time that I'm actually really building my business, showing up for my work and like putting more energy into building the podcast and like moving out to Boulder and upgrading my car and just like all these like heavy masculine things. So are you kind of like seeing some of the same reflections in your life as well? Yeah, very much so. Cause I'm, I'm like realizing now, like stepping up in the role of CEO is very masculine. Stepping up in the role of creative directors is feminine. I have to more. It's, it's so important now that I step up into the role of CEO because we're really in this critical state of, of, growth where we're figure out basically what level can we go to with this? Like how many Apple watches are really out there? How, how big can we make this business? Uh, and it gets risky if, if, if somebody isn't a strong CEO in that case, because you can bankrupt yourselves. And now we're playing with, you know, cash flows in a sense that we haven't before where we're really working with, uh, you know, lines of credit and leveraging certain things to, you know, uh, make it to where this is hopefully going to achieve a level of growth, uh, that we couldn't have had otherwise, but it's all about being really on top of things. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I feel like I really have stepped into my masculine this last couple months with that. And, um, you know, like manifested a really amazing romance in my life. And that's allowed me to really step into the masculine as well. And in that sense, which has been really cool. Uh, so I'm, you know, going into this almost completely blind with what that even means. And I am just seeing so much growth. It sounds crazy, you know, but it's, it's all there. It's like, it's almost even just hard to always identify it. But like, even last night, like the way I was dancing, I felt so in my masculine and it felt so fucking good. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a lot of my, I was like roaring, dude. I never heard myself roar like that. It's almost like I was like holding it in. I'm like, I'm fucking here. I'm a man. Yeah. Yeah. Man, how often do you just like fucking scream? Pretty often. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Well, it depends. No, I mean, last night was like the most, like the, 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 I feel like the most powerful I've screamed roared in a long time but i can get really like i love to sing and so i can i can get really into that like type of like emotional expression through voice through singing yeah yeah something that i've been playing with especially the past two weeks um is like I don't know. I've been, I've been moving through a lot of like transitions and shifts and i feel it's almost like toddler me just needs to fucking scream a bunch 
So I've been like screaming into pillows and just like going on walks out in nature. And when I'm by myself or even like when I'm not by myself, I'll just like scream and it's like so cathartic. And for so long, I've, I've just like suppressed that. I've been like, ah, oh, well, you know, feeling a lot of energy and uh, just pack that down. Yeah. Tell myself that I need to think in a different way or be in a different way. Um, but just giving yourself that space to do it. It's, it's wild how cathartic it is. And even with emotions, man, I think they only have like a 90 second to 120 second, um, sort of life cycle. If you just let them run the, run their course. Interesting. Yeah. I believe that. But most of us, sometimes they have multiple lives though. <laughs> For sure. I think if you, if you know, like you're not letting them just do what they want to do and, and move through you almost like, mm. like when you're in a meditation and like these thoughts that come up, if you just witness them as clouds and like, let them do what they want to do without specifically attaching onto them, then they don't last as long. Right. Like they dissipate really quickly. And I yeah. feel emotions are the same way, you know? And like, if you need to be angry, like channeling that anger into something, even if it's uh do you remember that exercise that we did in Costa Rica with clean anger? with Kyle. Yes. Um, yeah, so even just having six minutes to drop into like different styles of breath as you're like channeling your anger and moving through that is beneficial. You know, like if you're fucking feeling sad, like giving yourself a few minutes to grieve, whatever it is that's coming up. Like so many of us are suppressing grief. Totally. Wow. Yeah. And these emotions come back up even stronger because they haven't been felt and expressed right. because they've been suppressed. And some people carry that their whole lives because they don't lives. know how to release it. Bro. And instead of like learning how to release it, they would rather like ease into a bottle or smoke some tobacco or just numb out and distract themselves with whatever thing is outside of themselves mm -hmm. as opposed to peering in. Yep. It's a shame that uh, society sort of perpetuates that too. Like people think that that is the only way it's almost like glorified or romanticized. Like, you know, when you're feeling emotional, you go to the bottle of liquor. It's very much a thing in like country music, for instance, you know, how, how that is causing so much harm for people, but they don't ever realize it. They don't know there's other solutions out there to get some of that weight off their shoulders. So I did, so I went through a really tough breakup. Well, it was like a beautiful breakup. It was, a, it was definitely like conscious uncoupling. Right. But it was the first, it was like my first love. And this was, uh, back over the holidays. So like probably seven, eight months ago and just kind of really knowing how to like knowing that this is meant to happen, we were meant to uncouple and feeling so much emotion about it though. It's like, you know, like knowing that like this is the right thing to do, but also like feeling so hurt and so like wounded through it. Like this is ultimately what led me to joining fit for service. And cause knowing that I had to somehow like learn how to like, handle these emotions and like these things I'm feeling and release it all and like make amends and make, you know, like see that part of my life as complete 
and like work through the transition. And so, uh, it feels really amazing to now say that like I'm healed because I did the work, you know, as they say, what did the work look like? Well, um, the work looked like certain things. Like I remember being on a men's group. This was Stephen uh, Fielding's exercise recommendation that he had told me about was write down all the traits you're looking for in a woman. Uh, none of them physical. So just, I wrote down like 30 things that I'm looking for in a woman. And then I really looked at what my previous partner represented or what she embodied. And those weren't in alignment with any of the things that wrote down. Just really looking at that and thinking about that for a second, being like, this wasn't meant to be and it's okay. And like, now I can search for a girl who does represent these values or these traits. And then beyond that, it's like, like letting myself cry and letting myself feel sad, listening to the sad music and like, it's okay. You know, feeling the emotion all the way through allows it to clear. And then, uh, I did Bufo. That was uh, really powerful. That was right around the start of the new year. December. It was, uh, like January 3rd. Okay. And that was so, was that with Celeste? No, that was actually before I knew anybody in the for service community. Um, I just knew of a place in Tulum and went down there and did it. And we did a bunch of research before and I didn't even realize how pervasive it was in the community, but, uh, that actually is what made me unlock this idea of abundance and like the, all the things that I loved in my previous partner is abundant in the divine feminine. You know, the ideas of like things like, you know, like softness and nurturing and, um, you know, the, the, the divine feminine ideas. Right. And, and, uh, realizing that like, that wasn't just her. Like she's an expression of the divine. Like she exists abundantly, you know? And that was a really big thing that unlocked in me. And like, then, you know, the, the concepts of like, um, compound interest. So like, relationships have compound interests. So like, you know, this is my ceiling network. Like the more, the basically the more people in your network, like it expands exponentially, just like how like investing does, right? Like if you invest and you get 10% interest a year in a short amount of time, that will be a massive number. And it's similar to uh, the like lessons learned in relationships. So like, entering into one and then letting that go to completion, not failure. You know, it's, it, it's just, uh, allows the next one to have so much more growth, so much more of this, like this interest and expansion because as you go, it's like, you know, the idea of like the infinite onion Well, the onion keeps getting, you keep getting closer to the core with each layer. It's like you start just scratching the surface. And then when you get deep, you're like, keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper. It's the idea. And that's something that the, the Bufo medicine really like unlocked in me. And I feel like I really carry that with me still. Like, you know, it's the truth. You know, it's like universal laws. And then I can instantly recognize when I go to scarcity mindset, be like, I see what I'm doing there. You know, 
and then just change my perspective. Yeah. Quick course correction. Yeah. So like these things are, I guess what people define as the work. I think that's ultimately it. And just like talking it through with people, you know, like what I'm feeling, like making space for like men or, you know, even like it's really important to, I think have uh, platonic female friendships, like, you know, females I can like talk through maybe stuff with the feminine be like, this is what I'm going through. And they can reflect certain, you know, advice or ideas that are like, you know, important perspectives to have. So that's like why I think it's, I, it's so key to have amazing relationships of all kinds in life. So hell yeah. That's like why I think life has gotten so good over the last few months. It's all community and relationships and connection and going deeper. Nothing else has changed on the surface, you know? Yeah. Or actually it all has changed on the surface. I was, I was yeah. actually just about <laughs> but, to say know. that there's a lot that's changed on the surface, yeah. but you know, like the, the different types of people and community that we can connect with in our lives, everyone serves as a mirror, right? So like, by connecting with these different people, you're seeing different aspects of yourself, almost like these innate powers that you may not have been aware of, but have always been residing within you. And we all have them, you know, and it just depends on like the people that you're around and the circumstances that you have for them to be revealed. Mm -hmm. And we have Dev, both definitely positioned ourselves for like these things to come through. And I think that's why we're experiencing so much change and transformation and activation within the mycelium network, because we're understanding the importance of the collective and we're coming together within it. So yeah, yeah, if you could leave the audience with one message, um, that can support them throughout the rest of their days and potentially the rest of their lives, what would it be? So this new collection of Apple watch bands I designed is like really, a, uh, I think showcases how far I've come as an artist with it because it's about giving it more and more meaning. So like at first it just started out as they were cool. And now it's like the ones I'm designing now are supposed to uh, unlock inspiration in people. And they're like, these like kind of gentle, but powerful spiritual reminders that we're putting on the watch band. So you're wearing it like a tattoo on you. It is a constant affirmation. And so the new ones, there's four sayings that I went with that I really love. And I think uh, the impact of these sayings at scale, you know, if we sell, if we get these on thousands of people, what it can do is what inspires me to keep pushing my hardest at this. And so the four sayings that I'll leave everybody with, picture these on a watch band, are be good. Know your power, live the dream, and feel peace. That's it. You can do those four things you want. Yeah. (laughs) Be good, know your power, live the dream, be peace. Feel peace. Feel peace. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. And I'm working on my next designs for the holidays. So I'm going to tap into some inspiration tonight, I think, after all this good stuff we've been up to the last 
24 hours and uh, see if I can come up with something new. And it'll keep going. Bro, there's going to be some good ideas from the uh, live podcast with Easy Does It and Eric Godzi. Um, And yeah, man, I'm just so grateful that you were down to drop in this conversation with me. Yeah. Been looking forward to this one. And before we close out, man, where can people find you? Uh, Well, uh, at Braxton Manley on the socials. You can find me in Austin, Texas, usually at uh, Burnt Springs area. (laughs) I'm there as much as I can be. Uh, If you just look up insanely comfortable Apple Watch bands or anything around those lines, you'll probably come across my website, Braxley Bands, and check out the brand there on Instagram, wherever else. Yeah. I think that's it. You'll find me. You'll know where to find me. <laughs> yeah. It if will. you're looking for me, you'll find me. As it goes. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you so much again thank for coming you, on. Yeah. You're Thanks welcome. for listening, everybody. Much love. Peace, everyone. Thank you again, everyone, for listening, for tuning into this episode and this conversation with Braxton. Thank you, Braxton, for coming on. It was a pleasure to drop into this conversation with you, my brother. Can't wait to do it again sometime in the future. And lastly, before y'all hop off, just want to plant that seed of the Athletic Performance Accelerator. If you know any athletes or you feel called to have an elite level, massive transformation over the course of the next 90 days, shoot me a DM on Instagram and we can talk about what that would look like for you. Last thing I want to leave you with is that you are powerful you are expansive, you are mighty. Thank you for tuning into this episode and you have everything you need. All the answers are within you. They always have been, they always will be. So all you need to do is tap in and listen. I love you. Peace.